And Sabrina, no, we do not get fooled again. No. Welcome to the city How talk. much fun is this? Good morning, everybody. Welcome, Newburn. And it's another great Friday morning, and you're joining us live with Lee and Sabrina on City Talk. 94.1. WNBU. And it's, WNBU. Know, it's always a good day when we can be here talking New Bern, you know, uh, talking about the things that we're hearing in our community. And, you know, a big shout out to all the people that listen. I am amazed at people who stop me and just say, hey, keep it up. You're doing a great job listening we to you on the radio. We are up to seven and, listeners for my Yes, and I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, every week gets better and better. But, you know, if you're listening to us today on 94.1 and you get someplace where you don't have a radio, you can listen to us as we live stream. Just go to talknewburn.net. And also, all of our uh, previous shows are archived there, and we've got a lot of great shows that you don't want to miss. So when you have really nothing to do and want to listen to some great Newburn talk, go ahead and listen to us on Newburn talknewburn.net. You can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter, and we want you today to get involved in this conversation. So mm -hmm. you've got two choices. You can email us, citytalk at talknewburn.net, or you can call us at 252 633-4243. Good morning, Lee. Well, good morning to you, too. You're happy, It's, it's so wonderful that everything before the show uh, starts, it goes so smoothly. I know, really, the way it's downhill from there. And promise me you're not going to sing today. So. Uh, that's the number it. one request. I know, I've, I've heard, heard that uh, all week long, but I heard it, you know, got as high as number two on the hits chart. Yeah, number one request for people all week. Lee, how come you sound so much like a nightingale? Yeah, really, you know? And uh, I was practicing on my guitar last night. You know what we're doing today? We have the uh, Noose Riverkeeper. We, and I'm already getting questions. I mean, there's a, a list of questions awesome. here. But when we come back and, you know, after our break, we are going to let them tell us all about our beautiful rivers, what's going on with them, and, and some of the things that we're not doing that maybe we need to be doing. But a couple of open remarks in our few, first few minutes. I've got a lot of shout-outs today, and my first shout-out is to this wonderful, wonderful young man named Matt Solter. His dad was a Colonel, I believe, at the Marine Corps, met these people. Matt actually worked one summer for us, and the young man just got signed with the San Francisco Giants last night. He has worked his little heart out playing baseball and hung in there, didn't get drafted in college, hung in there, worked out, kept his nose to the grindstone, and got the wonderful phone call last night. So shout out, Matt Salter. What position? What position? I think he's a pitcher. I'm pretty sure he's a pitcher, but I'm not 100% sure, so I'm sorry that I don't know a baseball game. But let me tell you something. Well, there's this is a fine, on yeah, I know. This is a fine young man from a fine family. And so if you know the Salter family, um, you know, kudos to them. Um, give his mom, Amy Salter, who's just an awesome, awesome lady, does such good things in our community. Give her a big hug. So um, they are really thrilled. Uh, my other shout-out is, did you hear about Craven Works that happened this past Tuesday? You know, we had Timothy... Downs and uh, Kevin Roberts. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was basically a really big job fair for people it looking was, for jobs. It was our job resource. Can event. I call it a job fair? Yeah, you know, but it was, do you know we had over 1,100 people come through the convention center on Tuesday. We were there from noon to 8. We had 53 employers, and it was unbelievable. I, I had an employer booth, and I had 46 people fill out applications, of which I'm probably going to... Um, you know, interview at least a dozen more of these people, and I think I'll find some some of the good positions we need. So I'm really excited about that. 
Oh, no, I, I didn't know that you were going to get that many people. I know. Here, I mean, we, it was we incredible. It. There are jobs out there. We keep telling people there are jobs out there. There are jobs out there. It's just matching up the people who yeah, want the jobs with right. the people who are giving, you know, hiring. For, right. For and jobs. so, you know, workforce, with that being said, workforce is the most important thing that we need to develop in this community because there are companies that want to come to this area and create jobs. But the first thing they say is, is there a workforce? And the first thing they say, what I'm hearing, is there transgender bathrooms? Because everybody wants to know that. There is a whole host of problems. No. You know, are there transgenders? And I will tell you, there are. Let me tell you something. Do we have transgender let's, bathrooms? You know, let, let, let's move right on. But let's talk about the real issue at hand, which is issue. Which, which is, you know, job creation. And we need a we need a you know a workforce that's ready to go to work. And and with that being said, we had Craven Community College there, Newburn High School there. We had you know, and, and from the Craven County Schools, we also had NC Works, we had workforce development, and these are all the partners that are necessary to help have a trained workforce ready to go. So, you know, Kudos to everybody that participated. Secretary Scovarla was in Newburn, Secretary of Commerce for the state of North Carolina in Newburn on Wednesday, attended that meeting. And, um, you know, again, talking about economic development and job growth, great thing. Remind everybody that today may be April 15th, but the taxes aren't really due until Monday. Do you know why? Because it's some Washington, D.C. holiday today. It's a, it's a holiday there every day. Yeah. You have unlimited tax dollars. You <laughs> spend on whatever work. you want. Oh. Every day is a holiday. Well, I, you know, I okay. know that, that we're, uh, we're, we're rocking, com- but everybody, let's get some coffee. We're going to have a great show today. With and, the News Riverkeeper. And I have pertinent questions. I hate it, and we're going to be right back. And we are back with City Talk. I, that was an extended, I thought they were, was you know, short, on that break, I thought they were going to do, do you remember? Because that's the song I was playing, so <laughs> I'm sitting there listening to it. I am beyond the biggest earth, wind, and fire. You know, I just love the elements. They what about, like, hold on, earth, wind, fire, and what's the last element? Rain. No, water. <laughs> earth, Rain, wind, water. fire, and water. That's what we're here doing today. With talking the about water. Yeah, very good leading. Good way that's to go, segue <laughs> in the business. And that's why we're probably going to be up to eight listeners by the end of today, because we are professional with the segues. Today we have uh, Travis. Tra- tell us who you are. Travis Graves. I'm the Lord Loose Riverkeeper. Travis well, Graves, Travis. the Thank Lower you. Noose Riverkeeper. It's exciting. It's pertinent. It is the fourth element, and uh, we're going to learn all about that. First of all, just uh, Travis, um, talking about talk closer to the mic, but what in the world um, does uh, a Riverkeeper do? Well, yeah, my, Caleb, my, Caleb's down for the week, and he wanted me to throw some softball questions out there, so I'll just start out with um, uh, Travis, you're a Noose Riverkeeper. Um, my wife won't even let me keep chickens. How does your wife let you keep a whole river? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. The entire river. I've actually got half of the river. We, uh, the Noose River, which is about 250 miles, you know, starts at Falls Lake, goes all the way out here, past Newburn to Oriental. Where's Falls Lake, so folks don't know? Uh, up on the other side of Raleigh, okay. Raleigh, Durham area. So we've got, we've got two river keepers, because that's, you know, like I said, 250 miles of river, just on the Noose. Uh, so Matthew Starr is the upper news river keeper. Then we've got a dividing line right there about Goldsboro, and I'm the lower news river keeper. But when we talk about uh, being a river keeper, it's actually the entire river basin. So myself. What? And, hold on, and you yeah. take it by the numbers. There we go. What is a river? What is a river basin? Good. good Isn't question. that where the river sleeps? It's right down there where the river is. Not <laughs> quite. No. no. What is the, the river basin? The, the river basin would be <clears throat> every stream, ditch, creek, and and river. That flows into the noose. 
So it would be the entire watershed, you know, the whole drainage basin that goes into the Deuce River. And the lower basin alone is about 1,800 miles of, of uh, typically navigable waterways. 1,800 miles. 1,800 miles. miles. So I'm the river keeper, but I depend a lot on the communities. You know, the, the volunteers that we've got, we've got a great group of volunteers in all the communities in the lower basin. And, of course, the regulatory agencies, you know, try to shore their, their work up as much as we can. All right, so the, 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 this watershed, and what are your duties with this watershed? What, I mean, first of all, all right, strike all that, and they love it when in court when I say strike that, so we're striking that. <laughs> what is the what is the Noose River Foundation? Is it a governmental agency? Is it a one another regulatory agency? What is it? No, we are we are not a government organization. We're a a private uh, nonprofit, five hundred one c three. All of our all of our work, which is funded through the the foundation Sound Rivers, uh, they fund the, my work, Matthew Starr's work in the Upper Noose, and Heather Deck's work in the Pamela Tar Watershed. Uh, it all comes through private contributions and grants. And finally, and then Sabrina's over to chomp up. What's what's the mission statement? What do you guys see as your duty, or what is the organization's duty? We are we are a science based advocacy group. You know, to keep it simple. Science? Um, no, science. no, no, no. That muddies everything up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When you, when you start talking about facts, it's really hard to convince. People. At least in Newburn, sometimes yes. But um, no, we we're we're a science based advocacy group. We we want to use the the most accurate and the most up to date science to. Uh, to develop regulations to protect uh, what we like to refer to as swimmable, drinkable, fishable water for everyone, which is our right to the Clean Water Act. Swimmable, fishable, drinkable. Okay, that's awesome, and that's what we want to do. You know, years ago, of course, we had that terrible time in our history where we were having massive fish kills, and, you know, it was a real issue uh, for us for tourism, and I've been involved with tourism for the last 20 years, and I remember focus groups and everything like that. People were afraid to fish in the water, to do anything in the water. But I have to say, I think that was kind of the birth of this organization and really came out of, you know, uh, their prominence and understanding that it was a partnership between, you know, the Riverkeeper and all of us in the community to make sure that we had those, you know, swimmable, drinkable, fishable waters. And, and you know... I think today we have beautiful waters out there, and I think it's just a, a testament to the work that's been done. And, um, you know, it's probably the largest asset that we have in New Bern as a community is our rivers, both the Trent and well, the Well, things River. come together here. Remember that yeah, whole thing? Yeah, and why, yeah. Why did, we, why did we come up with that? Things come together here. Yeah, hey, I just got a, I got a question up there, and this is just a, before we get into the science of, of what you do. Um, question just came in. How um how can you enforce regulations if you're if you're not a governmental organization? Okay, yeah, we um we we do our own investigations when when we get reports of you know Ill illegal discharging into the river or buffer violations things of, things of that nature. We'll we'll get out and collect the information ourselves, and then we turn that over to Department of Environmental Quality. You know, we uh, we kind of appeal to them to launch their own investigation based on the data that we collect. Okay, well, and you know, kind of like the Sierra Club, right? I, I've actually never worked with the Sierra Club directly, not outside of No, but it's kind of the same thing. One of the, the first landmark case you learn in law school on standing is a Sierra Club because the Sierra Club would go out and sue, um, would sue civilly or, or to, to enforce regulations. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, is there any of that that goes on? That, we, we are engaged in some, some civil action, but it's, that's always our last resort. But you guys aren't, I mean, so the question I think really was, 
you know, how can you enforce regulations? I think the implication might be that you guys might be a toothless tiger, but you're not a toothless tiger. No, no, we, um, we're, we're a community organization. You know, our job is to serve the communities, um, you know, myself in the Lower News Basin. And that, that means keeping the community aware of the activities going on in the river. You know, anything that may have a negative effect on the waters, we take interest in. You know, and that's where we will launch our, our advocacy program, collecting, you know, the best data that we can, the most accurate science that we can, so we can try to develop protections that apply. And one, one other thing, I know you got a question there, but I just want to, I just want to say, before, before we were down at Baker's Kitchen, we were, uh, we were talking, and, you know, there's this perception amongst people that I was talking about that these news river keepers or these environmental organizations. Tree are, huggers. Tree, tree huggers, exactly. <laughs> you know what we have? You've heard that, you've heard that. <laughs> you, you know, tra- yeah, and, you know, and I was talking to Travis trying to figure out what, what, what his background was. This is a combat veteran who was a, akin to, you know, Ford... Uh, like the Marine Corps recon. I think the issue is that a lot of people, you know, I'm conservative, everybody knows that. I think there's that, that feeling out there that the EPA, that's where it starts, that it overreaches into our private and personal lives and that there are so many regulations and so much that we can't live. You know, mm-hmm. that it's, yeah. we're so regulated we can't live. So I think that and we're going to get into the controversy at Wells and Creek Park, but, you know, some of that, oh, you know, they shouldn't be telling us what to do. They were trash, you know, we should be cleaning it up, and you're overreaching into our, you know, what we think is right and good. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to find that balance. You know, we need people to watch and protect and say, hey, you know, something's not right here. I'm just against that far overreaching where before they even think about it, they're against it. Period. You know, and I give me an example of that. What are you talking about? Well, you know, I mean, you know, anything that we do, you know, as far as you know, emissions, as far as you know, uh, the fracking, as far as all of that other stuff, you know, immediately before we really look at it and weigh the pros and cons. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. But let's have that discussion first before we are immediately against something. But and you know what? That's it's lack of education in any issue. I don't care if it's environmental or whatever. It's lack of information and lack of education that spews these, you know. These and that's exactly crazy. what you know. And what I was impressed with when we were talking, you know, prepping for the show beforehand, uh, Travis and I were talking, and he said, "Yeah, the exact same thing about balance is, yeah. uh, you know, the, we're we're talking about we're talking about the news, the 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 economic impact of the news room. Mm-hmm. Tell, I mean, what what do you know about the? Give us. Uh, Give us yeah. your view of the economic impact of the Noose River. Well, I mean, it's, it really is the lifeblood of, of this whole part of the state. I mean, any, any major water system like this would be anywhere you go. And unfortunately, we, we tend to see that get taken advantage of until that lifeblood starts to suffer. And you see that suffering, you know, it's, it's a ripple for, not to make a really bad pun, but it really is a ripple effect. Oh, I didn't if even get that. If you've got dirty water, if you've got water that is not... Back to what I was saying, swimmable, drinkable, and fishable for your communities, that entire community will suffer. Yeah, you know, to the point where it even becomes a public health issue. Well, so oftentimes, and this was interesting, oftentimes Raleigh will make, you know, will will loosen up the environmental regulations, thinking that they're boosting the economy by helping businesses. What well, give an example of a business that, that you know of an industry that would be helped by lightening the regulations? Well, um, Housing developments would be the first one off the top of my head. Real Wait, what is that? I, I would have thought that pig farms are, but housing developments are polluters? Yes, yes. That is, I, uh, believe it or not, people don't realize, but we've got, you know, we've got a, a few major sources 
of pollution. And really, you can break it down to two categories. You've got your point source pollution and non-point source. And the way my uh, the way my college professor described it is your point source is something that you can walk out into your community and point at, literally. You can point to a wastewater treatment facility, you can point to a large factory, you know, a, uh, like warehouses, cellulose fiber plant just up the river here from Newburgh would be a good example of a point source. Now the non-point source polluters, that's everything else. That includes our uh, uh, biggest contributor, our homeowners and real estate developers. You know, the, the problem that we run into is when you have an influx of population, and the Lower News Basin is projected to grow to two and a half million people in the next 10 years, just the Lower News Basin. And we've got to find places for all those people to live, and you have to have water services to those people. And the tendency, of course, is to move as close to the water as possible. And nobody comes into a beautiful community like this and says, put my house as far away from the water as we can, right? <laughs> and, and so what we run into is when you start building your houses on the waterfront, then you have all the pollution that goes with it. You know, we start cutting down buffer zones, we start clearing out vegetation, and then we lose that soil stability. You know, we lose that, the, the banks themselves start, you know, eroding into the rivers. And, and then, of course, when people have their big, beautiful houses on the river, they want to keep them looking nice. So what goes along with that is a lot of pesticides in their gardens, a lot of uh, unnecessary fertilizers on their lawns. And when you have no buffer, you've got, you know, half an acre of, of golf course quality grass running right up to the water's edge. There isn't a lot there to protect the rivers. So we, we, we see a, a large, uh, a significant increase in the pollution in the river over the last 20 years just through the influx of population. But is there a, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm about common sense, you know, working it out, education, mm -hmm. whatever. Is there a way to sit down, say, with, you know, the um, Home Builders Association of the state or something like that or locally and, and do some <clears throat> informational, you know, stuff and educational things? You know, at the end of the day, these people are trying to make a living. And, you know, they're building homes, understanding we want to protect the river. Then you got a property owner that says, whoa, wait a minute, I own that property. It's my personal property right, you know, to do what I want on mm -hmm. my property. You know, not saying one is right or the other, but there's got to be some middle ground, some common sense middle ground. And I think that's what we've lost in this, yeah. in this time. There's no common sense. And everybody just wants to say, you know, I'm not going to do this. Hold on, let me, let me just take you back. I think that we're, I think that we're, it, it's a, it's a, I think it's an ongoing, ongoing consensus building. And I think we all, we all like to point out that, that, you know, that we have business conservatives on one end and we have environmentalists on the other end and that it always seems to be arguing. That's our country. We, they did that in 1775 in Philadelphia. This is the way decisions have always made. And quite frankly, I was, I'm happy that, you know, I'm happy to have you and, and Travis here both because the way. You know, we're talking about the we're talking about a balance. How do you actually come to a consensus on a balance? Getting together. Yeah, you have exactly. Your right, you have your right, and then you balance it. You know, it's just the extreme sides that make it tough for the people trying to get to the middle. Well, I, I liked I liked what he said off the air because I said, you know, Sabrina's a conservative. She's going to be going poetry, blah 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 blah. <laughs> I, we want to do property rights. Um, and 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 he said, well, you know what? We're looking, you know, the loosening up environmental regulations. Um, on the news or whatever, uh, have an impact, a bit, uh, a financial impact, probably positive in the short term, but what is the negative in the long term? So he's, uh, Travis, what you're, you're looking at protection of the river as money in the bank. Absolutely. Yeah. We, and um, describe that, describe your point of view on that. 
Yeah, well, well our perspective is, uh, again, like I said, we, we try to bring to the table the most accurate and best available science that we can. And we base all of our advocacy decisions on that science. You know, so what we're looking at is not how much, how much money can we make by developing this 40-acre stretch of waterfront property. What we're looking at is what kind of condition is that 40-acre stretch of waterfront property going to be in in 60 years or 70 years? Is it still going to be livable? Is it still going to be on a body of water that you want to be next to? Well, Newburn's been here, what, 314 years? Yeah, no, 300 and uh, 306 now. Is it? Oh, right. 306 years. Oh, 306 God, time flies. But I think we have to look no farther than Beijing. The great, great double-digit uh, double-digit growth over there. Yeah, but well, that place, the entire place is just, the entire yeah, place is a hellhole. Uh, and in Beijing, if you're listening, you you are. Everything in life requires. Everything in life requires guidelines. Everything. I mean, that's why we have the Bible. Everything requires guidelines. We need something to guide us Absolutely. through this. And so, you know, I understand the guidelines of the river. I just, you know, I want to make sure there's this common sense come to the middle, look at both sides, and, you know, how, what can we do in the best interest of all parties concerned? You know, that's kind of the way I look at it. But, you know, um, when we're going to go to break probably No, now. no, 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 it's too fast. No, too fast. We, got, we got six minutes? Okay. Lower. Well, let's start the discussion then. You know, we're somewhere. here today, and we want to start the discussion about Lawson Creek Park because, you know, that's such a beautiful park that was once a dump. Yes. Let's let's Lightning. call it like it is. It, it was, a, was a dump. It was a garden. When I first came to Newburn in 1977, it was the trash dump for the city of Newburn, and they dumped all the trash out there. They would just back up trucks into the yeah. river and dump the Not stuff. Not into the river. Well, the, on the landfill, that was their basic that area there. And then finally, you know, as EPA and other environmental concerns happened, you know, that was changed and they started developing as a park. It is beautiful. Look, have you ever gone by there on a Saturday to see all the boat trailers that are there? You got everybody in the world. I mean, fishing tournaments, people love that. People playing soccer, just walking in the park. Jack's Island is a great nature, you know, area for people. And, you know, the city is partnered with Swiss Bear. We've got the, the jet there now. We've got the, the ship hauling machine. So it's become a, a destination place. And obviously the city of New Bern values that so much that they bought the property right next door, you know, for their parks and recreation department because they want to... It used to be the News River Keepers building. No, they're in the one next to it, correct? Next to it, right? Yeah, next it's to it. next to it. They're in there that, next that to was, it. Um, that was her office. My uh -huh. office is over on Trent Boulevard now. Oh, okay. So you... You've moved over there. Um, and so the city's in there now. Parks and Rec is um, there. And they're doing, you know, the paddle boarding. They're going to rent kayaks, things like that, because we need people to access the water. And the vision when we were in office is to get that river walk that we all enjoy downtown from back behind the farmer's market through the, through the history center and bring it all the way around so that you could walk from downtown to Jack's Island and back, you know? And how cool would that be? That's, so that's good vision. That's trying, trying to do that. But with good vision comes responsibility. Absolutely. And, you know, the issue at hand was back in January, I believe the city was doing some work and they're constantly cleaning, upgrading, trying to create more fields, do whatever. I think they had um, a violation. The public works sit out there and might have cut too much of the buffer. Is that correct? I think it was back in January. And I don't know. I just, it's from reading the paper. Yeah, that's, well, and that was, um, it was, it was private property there. So I, I kind of came into the conversation on that 
after How the do you say it's private property? Well, it was before they bought it. Oh, before they bought it. Okay. Before the city bought it. Okay. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of came into the conversation a little bit late. Um, I was made aware of the, the violation, and I, I went down into my own investigation, and, and I did see what looked to me to be a buffer violation, the buyer state buffer rules. But at that point, uh, the Department of Environmental Quality had already issued a notice of violation. And this was the, the first city. one back in January, yes. correct? Yeah. Okay, so we had that. Then, what, three, four weeks, you know, maybe a month or so ago, um, our mayor and a group of volunteers decided that they didn't like the trash in the park, they didn't like the way it looked, and went back in there and cleaned out again there, I guess, uh, the water in the area that was across from the new building. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. If they are, if they are out there, I mean, I'm not. Uh, a foot of, of riparian buffer is the single best bang for the buck efficient protection that we can provide to the river. It's, um, it's the last line of defense for pollution, for sediment control, for uh, uh, excess nutrient uptake. It's the last line of defense that the river has. So any, any of our, our issues that come along with stormwater um, especially when you get in, get out uh, into rural areas and subdivisions, you know, where you don't have big storm sewers filtering everything uh, through storm sewer systems. These, the buffer zones will not only filter and catch the trash that would normally drift into the waters, the root systems of that vegetation also stabilizes the bank, uh, keeps the soil where it's supposed to be, you know, keeps our rivers from, from sediment pollution. Okay. Um, all right, we're getting the message that we're going to be going to break here in a few minutes. We've got the Lower Noose Riverkeeper, Travis Graves, with us. We're having a great show. We're learning about our rivers. Get another cup of coffee, and we come back. We're going to talk more city, more Lawson Creek Park, and more Noose River. We'll be right back. Don't stop believing. Ready? And we are back. Welcome back to City Talk Live with Lee and Sabrina. We are coming to you on 94.1. WNBU. And we are live streaming WNBU. today at talknewburn.net. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and get involved in the conversation. Yes, you too can talk Newburn at City Talk at talknewburn.net. Email us or call us at 252-633-4243. By the way, uh, what, what's the Noose Riverkeeper's phone number infor information? Do you guys have a website? Yeah. What is we it? do. We do. Um, you can find out information about my work and the work of Matthew Starr in the Upper Noose and Heather Deck at soundrivers.org. Soundrivers.org. Yep. Soundrivers. Sound Rivers. That's, that's the foundation that supports our work. All right. Perfect. Okay, great. And today we are here with... Uh, Travis Graves, who is the Lower Noose River Keeper, and we are talking all things river. We're learning about the Noose River. We're learning about buffer zones. And when we went to break, we were talking about buffer violations in Lawson Creek Park. That's and, right. And, and uh, that whole incident. And again, just to recap, um, our, our mayor with a group of volunteers went out because they were concerned about trash in the park and decided to clear-cut uh, the area right around the river there behind uh the new building, the Parks and Rec Department, and across from it there. And I guess it was reported. It went yep. to water quality, and they determined that a violation had occurred. They did, yeah. I understand that they, they did issue a notice of violation to the city. Right. The and, city of Newburgh. You know, I, I guess the interesting thing I want to say, and I'm step away, this is the opinion side of it, is that, you know, we are a city manager, weak mayor, you know, and that's not the mayor because has of no who it is. Power. I mean, when you were there, a weak mayor, the mayor has really no power. He is the leader of the ceremonial head of the city, leads the meetings, whatever. It's in our city charter. It's stated that way. 
And in most cases, the proper procedure would have been for Mayor Outlaw to say at an open meeting in public, um, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I am concerned about the trash in Lawson Creek Park. I'm concerned about cleaning up a, a park that is beautiful for our citizens and whatever. And I'd like to get a group of volunteers and get out there and clean this park up. Mr. City Manager, Mr. Public Works Director, can you go ahead and coordinate that so we can get our citizens involved. That should have been the first step. So therefore, our public works, our city manager would have checked procedures and said, hey everybody, we're gonna meet on this day, we're gonna clean up Lawson Creek Park, these are the do's and don'ts. And I think that was where the misstep happened. You know, it was, we're gonna do this, we're not even gonna think about it and, and go forward. And that, that, that concerns me. Well, Serena, I don't want to. I don't want to get Travis involved in this part of it. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, I will tell you the truth, because you know they're they're news for them. I understand political, but I'll tell you the truth. Look, they did that the first time when they went down and clear cut Lawson Creek Park. They got in trouble for it. The first time they did it properly, they got the public works director. They got everybody involved. They went down and clear cut the place. The second time, learning from their mistakes. They didn't get the city involved. Dana just went down there and lopped that stuff off because, the honestly, mayor. because he didn't understand the importance of a buffer zone. And, you know, that's why we're here. We need to understand that dollar for dollar, a foot and while, of and, buffer and so, zone is so the most. So going back to the buffer zone, the idea of the buffer zone is to catch the trash. And that's why there was so much trash in that buffer area because that's almost acts like a filter to the river. Is that correct? That, that's absolutely what it does. Okay. Yeah, that's... um. Uh, before I started rambling, before we went to commercials, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about we were talking about some of the benefits of buffers, and it's 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 even more than what you can see directly. You know, we we can see when 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 trash and you know you see all of our shopping bags that are blowing around out there. They get hung up in the brush, and they don't end up in the water, which is a positive thing. But w what we don't see is is the stabilization that those those riparian buffers provide for the bank itself you know it's this i gotta back I, I gotta get off on a little bit of a tangent here but i was up in kinston last weekend and we were touring the css noose and one of the first things i thought when when i saw that boat i don't know if you've seen it, it's 150 feet long yeah how the heck did it get up there exactly how could a boat that size travel up and down the noose river between kinston and newburn because I go up and down that stretch of river all the time in a 17-foot boat, and I have to be careful not to run aground myself. You know, there's sections of the river where you can be dead center, middle of the channel, or think you're middle of the channel, and you're in two feet of water. Right. And that is, that is a perfect example of one of the protections that buffers provide us. Stabilizes those bank systems and keeps all that sediment up on shore where we want it and not flowing into the river. Uh, in eventually settling in the river bottom and making our river shallow, increasing the danger of floods, uh, destroying habitat for benthic macroinvertebrates. And, uh, and you know how bad uh, Kinston flooded back in the day, uh, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. years ago. I mean, it literally cut off Kinston, you know, yep. from everywhere when they had the floods. You couldn't even get on 70 or anything, so it's pretty Yeah, and, that, and that's just the sediment. That's not, even, that's not even getting into what's going in the water with it. You know, right. So these buffer zones not only snag trash, they also snag these chem, or they they filter out the chemicals that are going into the river as well, correct? Yes, yeah. All that all that vegetation uh, will will filter out the the chemicals themselves. It will up uh, take up the nutrients. You know, we have a, a huge issue in the lower news basin with excess nutrients. Mean, meaning poo. Like well, hog, that's hog waste. <laughs> that's that's one source. You're yeah, so um, and chemical fertilizers. You know, chemical fertilizers are so convenient and easy to use that people have a tendency to overuse. You know, when they're when they're fertilizing their lawns, fertilizing gardens, things like that. Uh, any any of those any of those sources are all contributing to uh, a, an excess 
nutrient problem in lower nukes, mostly nitrogen and phosphorus, to be specific. And that's where the riparian buffers are helpful. See, and know? so not only not only Lawson Creek, but if you live along the river, if you enjoy the river, and you have property along the river, look, those buffer zones are, are they they may look ugly at times because they're you know they're you're not allowed to touch them and you can't maintain them as pretty as a golf course. But there's a real scientific reason for having them the way they are. Absolutely. You know, it goes back um, to the to an agreement. Uh, it goes back, I want to say, to the 90s. It was before my time in the area. But uh, the, the Lower Noose Basin Association was formed, and uh, the, the basin-wide plan was developed specifically to reduce nitrogen. Uh, their goal was a 30% reduction in nitrogen. And we've seen... We've seen just monumental work done by some of these point sources that we were talking about earlier. The wastewater treatment facilities, they've invested millions of dollars, expanded their operations. Um, a lot of the, the, the private dischargers, private uh, discharge permit holders invested in their own companies to reduce their discharges into the river. But we're still seeing uh, an uptick in nutrient. Uh, nutrient pollution in the river. So that leads us to look at the non-point sources, which you know includes um, some agriculture, uh, animal feeding operations, which are a big deal. To be honest, I don't think you want to get me started on those because we could be here all day. And and then of course homeowners and developments along the river themselves. All right, hey, how, you know uh, this is a question going back to one of our listeners, and I didn't, I purposely didn't want to get the answer from you off air, so I'll ask you now. How does the water quality today compare to a decade ago? That that's a good question, and unfortunately, I don't know if I'm entirely equipped to answer it because I'm kind of a uh, we'll make it up. I always a, do. a newbie, yeah. <laughs> right, new, to the, new to the area, new to the area. I've I've been called a few things, and and one of them is not a local. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. Join <laughs> yeah, the yeah, boat. We, I've been, been here, here almost forty years, and I'm still not a local. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've been here about three years. Um. I can't say specifically to a decade ago. You know, I do know a lot of the history behind the fish kills that we saw through the 90s. Dana says those were suicides. Is that true? Fish suicide. I'm saying that. <laughs> Have a little respect. <laughs> but um, I, I can say. Well, they left notes. Yeah. I, I can say that our, uh, our regulatory body has been dismantled over the last decade. So that leads me to, you know, that would lead me to the conclusion that our, wall, our water quality is going to suffer. All right, but right now, look, I swim in that Noose River all the time. I, from 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 the train bridge all the way up to uh, Oriental. I, I shrimp in that. I shrimp up at Oriental all summer long. Uh, loads and tons and tons of shrimp. I'm mm-hmm. out there crabbing. I eat the stuff out of the Noose River. I swim in the Noose River all the is time. That and I why, paddle. Is that the reason you are the way you are? <laughs> <laughs> no, but now we know. I've, now we finally have. I'm, 